Welcome to the Civil Chair Patrol Podcast, your number one stop for CAP facts, self-help, advice, and of course, CAP conversation. That's right. Our goal is to provide insight to Civil Air Patrol from members of Civil Air Patrol for members of Civil Air Patrol through an informal and hopefully a somewhat entertaining environment. You can follow and reach us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcasting service you're listening from. Or you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and maybe even include you on our own show. So without further ado, let's start this week's episode. Welcome to this episode of the Swivel Chair Patrol Podcast. I'm your host, Cadet Captain Mason Caldwell. Unfortunately, Cadet Lieutenant Colonel Hong is not able to join us today or at the moment, but joining us today to talk about aerospace education is Lieutenant Colonel Brian Damasio. So who is Colonel Damasio? Well, in general, he is the Cadet Commander of the Titans Cadet Squadron 137. He is the Pacific Coast Region CAC Vice Chair and the National CAC Alternate. He is a varsity swim captain. He's a political science club president. With AEU STEM specific, he is almost a private pilot with 50 plus hours. He is robotics uh, 980 Thunderbots captain. He was the cadet commander of the 2020 Virtual ASA, which is Aerospace Education STEM Academy. And in the future, he's hoping to be a Air Force fighter pilot, Air Force officer, aerospace engineer, and policymaker. So, Colonel Damasio, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. So, sir, you are heavily involved in STEM, as we can see, um, with solo time, flying, uh, robotics, team captain, and that whole list of things. So, I'd like to talk to you today about some aerospace topics, and specifically the aerospace aspect of Civil Air Patrol. As you know, aerospace education is uh, one of the three missions of Civil Air Patrol, along with emergency services and cadet programs. So could you talk a little bit about just aerospace in general, and then like what aerospace is, and the idea of it, and then I've got a few more specific topics that I'll ask you questions about. Sure. Um, So aerospace is a pretty simple combination of a two words. It's mostly the combination of uh, astronautical or space engineering and aeronautical engineering. Uh, one focuses more in atmosphere stuff and the other focuses on space travel. Um, together they fit together uh, quite well. In fact, some universities just teach aerospace as opposed to splitting them up because uh, they have a lot in common. Aerospace itself is the application of a bunch of different fields. So, you know, it's not like there's Uh, just aerospace, right? Uh, Aerospace is made up of different aspects of computer science, mechanical engineering, fluid dynamics, all that sort of thing. So, you know, it's a very broad reach. Um, And anything from spacecraft to airplanes falls under aerospace engineering. Um, And, you know, people can take a lot of different fields within aerospace. You know, if you want to work on the computers that allow planes to fly, then you work on avionics and you draw from the electrical engineering and the computer science part of aerospace. Whether if you want to, you know, work on the actual physical design in the airplane, you're going to be drawing more from the aeronautical side. 
and uh, the fluid side of it because you know aerodynamics is all about how the air flows around the airplane and how aerodynamic and smooth it is and uh, you know as new technologies emerge the role of aerospace changes um, you know recently it's been all about like stealth so that's you know radio wave uh, deflection and trying to limit that as much as possible and there's a lot of math involved there so you know aerospace engineering is a very broad and uh, powerful field that's really just kind of blown up in the past hundred years wonderful so moving on to a couple different topics um, we're looking at O-Rides can you talk about O-Rides what are they how can cadets get involved in those yeah, um, orientation rides are a great place to get started. Um, I know orientation rides were the first place where I flew in a small single-engine GA airplane. That's general aviation. Um, you know, it really kind of drew me to it. It's not the same as flying on a commercial airliner where it's kind of just like you sit down and then you get off where you go. Um, GA is a lot different. When, you know, it's more hands-on. And, you know, when they let you take control of the airplane, it's, it's a different experience uh, for sure. And, you know, that drew me to it even more. My first ride I took when I was 12 after I joined CAP, so it uh, really inspired me to keep wanting to do that. When a slot opened up for me to get my pods license, I jumped on it right away because uh, I knew I had loved it just from doing the orientation rides. I actually, uh, I, I've done four rides. I started my pilot training on my after my fourth, so there's really no reason to do my last one. But uh, cadets get five free rides uh, in both powered aircraft and gliders. A lot of cadets don't do the gliders, but um, not having an engine is really fun when it's designed for it. <laughs> not so much in a powered airplane like a Cessna, but uh, yeah, orientation rides open doors for a lot of cadets who otherwise wouldn't experience aviation. Yeah, and I definitely know that when I went on some O-rides in the past, it really just changed my whole perspective perspective about flying. You know, in the past when I had flown, I'd you know felt sick or just it hadn't clicked with me, but after going on CAP O-Rides, it just really, it's a whole different ballgame when you're actually the one behind the controls flying. Flight does that. <laughs> That's what, you know, it's what kept me going on it, yeah. All right, so moving on to our next topic, uh, we're talking about astronomy. Yeah, um, astronomy is really neat. I'm actually in, in an advanced astronomy class right now in high school, so it's pretty fun. Uh, there's actually math involved in my class, but in Civil Air Patrol, uh, astronomy can range from, you know, actual, you know, looking through a telescope to just learning the theory behind it. And uh, I think that's really cool. There's uh, nothing like looking through a telescope and seeing the rings of Saturn or the, you know, four moons of Jupiter, the Galilean moons. There's really nothing like that, especially, you know, when you realize that the distances we're talking about are incredible. And the nearest star is like, you know, four-ish light years away which is longer than, uh, or farther away than any of us can really comprehend. So, you know, the scale of the universe really, uh, astronomy can be very existential. It makes you kind of question a lot of stuff <laughs> like, you know, how much does what we do matter if the universe is so big? And that's questions that everybody asks themselves at some point. But, uh, yeah, astronomy is a really, it's a big field and a lot of people don't get, you know, that hands-on experience with it because they don't get access to a telescope and, uh, see if he's trying to change it. Yeah, exactly. Just looking up at the stars, even without a telescope, makes you just stop and think about how small you really are on this planet. Yeah, if you don't live near a big city, that is. Right, and then using a telescope to see actually what else is actually out there is just incredible. 
Yep, it's uh, there's really nothing, there's nothing like it, and I think that's why it's part of the Arsenal program. Alrighty, and we're moving on to Aerospace Modules and Journey of Flight, which Journey of Flight is a textbook. The Aerospace Modules are little booklets that are used, and so all these resources that we just talked about are used uh, for cadets when uh, when they are moving on to a new promotion. So the Aerospace Modules, there are six of them, and each one covers a different topic, and through the course of uh, starting as a cadet airman and then moving all the way up to the rank of Cadet Chief Master Sergeant, you have to complete one of these module, aerospace modules sooner or later. Uh, sir, do you remember the six uh, aerospace modules off the top of your head? I don't know them off the top of my head. I did them like four years ago. But um, I can tell you generally what they cover because um, I you know, have to mentor cadets on, on doing them sometimes. It, you know, it's very general overviews of knowledge. Um, I did the space ones first because I like space and I did the weather ones last because I hate weather. So, uh, <laughs> that's the order I did them in at least. Um, yeah, the weather modules, yeah, uh, the, the weather modules, uh, <laughs> mostly cover, you know, like aviation weather and, uh, how it impacts flight. Uh, there's space modules, there's one on systems and then one more on astronomy and like the composition of the stars and suns and how that works. Uh, and then there's other ones that are about the forces behind aviation and more focused on, you know, flying and how it affects us in cap. Um, as you move on to, to journey of flight, I don't know if I'm going to get into this yet, but it, it's a lot more focused and specific information about uh, journey of flight is more memorizing. Um, it's easier for people like me who read about this stuff in their free time. But, you know, for somebody who's never read about this stuff before, learning the specifics of which aircraft were involved in Desert Storm is really tedious and annoying. Uh, but that's the sort of stuff that Journey of Flight get into, you know, specific air campaigns and uh, the exact dates of right. space flights, which for nerds like me is really easy because I already know it. It's fun. But for a lot of people who, you know, are more focused on other stuff, it's really miserable knowing exactly the date that Sputnik flew or, uh, you know, which aircraft first flew over Baghdad in Desert Storm or, uh, you know, who led the raid on Japan and right after Pearl Harbor. Like, you know, that stuff is... You know, most people should know that, in my opinion, but it comes hard to a lot of people. So Journey of Flight, um, despite, from what I understand, having quite a, a few inaccuracies... Same with the aerospace modules. Uh, generally good information that I enjoyed reading because I knew it all already. So that's not everybody's experience, though. So, you know, I've had to help people with that before. <laughs> but generally, you know, they, they teach people military aviation uh, with little kind of sprinkles of weather and planets and stuff like that. It, it's mostly like an Air Force point of view on aviation history is the way I would describe it. If you finish all the modules that they give you, that's the that's the knowledge you'll have looking back. So yeah, those are those two sets of books. Um, you know, you'll be done with the aerospace modules by the time you're done being uh, an NCO and journey of flight will take you all the way up into your, you know, late cadet officer career. So those are the time frames for that. And if you have them, it doesn't hurt to just read them anyway because you're going to have to take it all again for your spots. So, Right. Might as well start reading them. And I'll let you know, it is good material. If you're ever 
having trouble falling asleep, that is some decent material to start reading before bed, I have to say. But um, yeah, definitely as uh, Colonel Demacia mentioned, is it definitely covers you know just journalistics of like how does uh, flying work? You know, the four forces of flight, different principles be behind the idea of how do we fly in general with angle of attack and uh, the Bernoulli's principle. But then also gets into like you know the weather and the space, uh, you know history, and there's also um, you know uh, like how does the aerospace system work in uh, the United States, otherwise known as the National Aerospace System or uh, NAS. I'm pretty sure is the acronym that they use for it. And then definitely, as uh, he mentioned, Journey of Flight gets very much into the details. I think the first six chapters are just history, so it's a lot of aerospace history. And then how aerospace is applied, you know, uh, actually flying, the science and physics behind it, and then, you know, mapping out flights, like, oh, where can I land on a certain airport, you know, what airports are open for me to land at or fly through, and then it does get into all the space, you know, the rockets, the planets, um, what's out there and what's on the horizon, I guess, in the final frontier. So that's a good overview of the aerospace modules and the journey of flight. Our next point is Cadet Invest in the Private pilot's license. Say that 10 times fast. Um, but anyways, uh, Cadet Invest. So Cadet Invest is essentially uh, two words, free money, um, but you, it also applies to other things too. So uh, what we're specifically talking about here is how you can use Cadet Invest, and I think it's uh, the Cadet Wings program, or correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the program. So there's a program underneath Cadet Invest, which is Civil Air Patrol's scholarship program, and you can apply to be one of the cadets who gets their private pilot's license, so training and hours in an aircraft uh, through Civil Air Patrol. So Civil Air Patrol will provide, you know, instructors and the fuel, or maybe not the fuel, but at least, you know, the, the airplane, the time, and the instructors to teach you. So that way you can attempt to get your private pilot's license. And sir, I understand that you have your private pilot's license. I think we mentioned that before. Could you uh, explain it to us and if you did it through the CAP route? Yeah, so all of my hours are actually in a cap airplane. So yeah, I, I, can, I can talk about this. Um, so let's, uh, I'll, I'll just talk about my path through this first. Sure. I got an email saying that there was an opening for uh, a group thing that they were setting up in California called the Cadet Flight Academy which isn't technically under Canon Invest, but it knocked off a lot of expenses for me to start my private pilot training. Um, mainly, no profit margin and no instructor pay, which about halves it. So, you know, I'm paying for about 100 bucks an hour, which is a pretty good deal. Um, at a private flight school, it'd be much more than that, especially in a brand spanking new Cessna 172, the full glass cockpit, G1000, autopilot, everything. So you know, I, I was already... Got a lot of bang for my buck right there. Uh, and afterwards, I applied for Invest to pay for the, the fuel and the um, tack time left over. Um, and, you know, that runs about 100 an hour, as I said earlier. And right now, I'm at, like, 52.9 hours, so around 53 hours. So if you, you know, do the math, that's, like, 5,300 bucks, right? Um, Cadet Invest will... Um, continue to help me pay for that. I applied it for last year and got a thousand dollar scholarship, which helped, uh, you know, that's a fifth off, that's 20% off of my pilot training so far. And I also applied for Cadet Wings again this year, which uh, I think I got, they haven't confirmed it yet, but I'm pretty sure that I got it. 
um, pretty much their target demographic there. And that will pay for my private pilot exam and then 60 hours afterwards up to six months after. So, you know, that's like a $6,000 scholarship if I use a cap airplane. That's really good. Um, I, we wouldn't, my family would not be able to afford uh, pilot training normally, but through cap that first half the cost and now is totally removing it. Uh, it's made this dream a real opportunity. And uh, as soon as the cadet wings money comes in, I can afford the check ride, which is like a thousand dollars. So <laughs> it's like 850 bucks just to get the guy to come to do the exam. So <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot of money. And I'm glad CAP is willing to foot the bill because otherwise, you know, I probably wouldn't be getting my, my private. Absolutely. Like if I probably wanted to go that route, I'd, it would it probably would not happen unless CAP was funding a majority of that. So because that does sound expensive, like, you know, a grand is not cheap. So then when you're, you know, putting that over a couple of years when you're, you know, behind learning how to fly the airplane and then get your license and then, you know, keep hours up so you're proficient, that, that really adds up. But yeah, so obviously there's the whole issue of Cadet Invest and, you know, uh, the Wings, Cadet Wings program. Um, do you have any tips or tricks or uh, advice for cadets who would want to apply for that but not sure how to get started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so around every fall or so, the portal will open up. Make sure you're on top of your deadlines because, uh, you know, if you miss it, you miss it, right? And uh, if you don't apply, there's a 0% chance that you're going to get the, the money. So, I mean, apply anyway. The target demographic for cadet wings are cadets who have already soloed, already taken their knowledge test, which is the FAA's written exam that you have to take before getting your private. Um, and you want your medical out of the way. So try to figure out who your um, AMEs are, which is like the local FAA doctors. They can be pretty tedious, so make sure that you're, you know, healthy and all. Uh, they, you know, they're looking for the ideal cadet, right? So they'll ask you, like, you know, have you been involved in CAC? You know, how many NCSAs have you done? Uh, how many ES ratings do you have? They, that all factors in because they're trying to give back to the cadets who have put the most in the program. So keep that in mind. Um, you know, just because you want to get the reduced cost or free pilot training doesn't mean that you just show up to the meeting every week and you're going to get it right. So promote, get involved in activities, give back to the community, use Civil Air Patrol uh, as much as, you know, it's going to help you, right? So those are, those are the, the tips on actually getting the money in the first place. Tips on pilot training in general, um, you know, for around every hour of flight time, general rule is that's three hours of ground studying. Uh, both for your written and for your check ride to make sure that you know all the rules. You know, I have the Far Aim book, which is like the the Bible of legal flying in the United States, and it's you know, it's a solid like four inches tall, right? And the text is like four point four points. So, you know, it's it's a lot in there. Not all of it applies to us, but you have to have a very good understanding of it or else you know, you're gonna get yourself into trouble. And you can watch the videos on YouTube of student pilots who get in over their heads. The way you prevent that is by being prepared, studying, making sure you know what you're talking about uh, and what you're doing. So when you get to your first solo and your instructor trusts you, uh, you know, you're not busting a Bravo or you know, landing without clearance or landing on a taxiway like some famous actors tend to do. So you, know, you wanna avoid that situation by being prepared uh, and the work ethic that CAP teaches you, uh, you know, through encampment and through 
squadron jobs and the project management that you'll inevitably learn doing staff work uh, helps you, right? Because you know how to manage your time and study and be prepared. So be the ideal cadet and you will probably get a scholarship. Uh, it might not be cadet wings, it might be cadet wings, might be something less. So just keep that in mind. And, uh, you know, if you can get it, that's that's a pri- free private pilot's license. So that's a, that's a really big investment into a cadet. So, you know, you want to convince National that you're worth $6,000. So keep that in mind. <laughs> you're a $6,000 kid. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, definitely, I agree, though, you know. Don't don't ask what your country could do for you, but ask what you can you do for your country. Yep. So as Kennedy said, definitely good to keep in mind. So, in other words, be good in all three missions: cadet programs, emergency services, and aerospace education. You'll be a yep. you know, a solid candidate. Alrighty. So that's essentially it for cadet invest and private pilot's license. So, if anything you want to take away from here, two words. Well, actually, no, more like two words and then a couple phrases, but uh, free money, be a good cadet, and uh, love aerospace. All right. Send it. <laughs> Send it. All right. And then last but not least, uh, we have STEM kits. So I am not super big into STEM kits, um, or at least I don't have a lot of knowledge on them. I know uh, Caldwell, you have plenty, and then Demacio, you have a ton of experience in this, I'm sure. But uh, I'll just briefly co- cover it, and then you guys can fill in the gaps of my limited knowledge. So CAP does put together uh, STEM kits. A lot of them do cover dif- different aspects of that aerospace theme that we're talking about, such as like you know having a weather station, uh, flying a quadcopter, and understanding the four forces of flight, different directions, and uh, movements of an aircraft. Uh, there's a couple other things that aren't necessarily related to aerospace in general, but definitely uh, what the Air Force is covering of between like airspace and then cyberspace you can uh, learn to build and uh, program your own Raspberry Pi I'm, I'm sure there's more that I'm missing I think there's a rocketry one uh, do you guys want to care to delve into this more than I can possibly add to it so the uh, the stem kits uh, provide a very wide uh, area of basic knowledge um, you know it won't get you into the nitty-gritty like some other programs will but, you know, for, let's say, like a 12-year-old entering or a 13, 14-year-old, they're a really good introduction into what STEM is about. Uh, like, for example, the Raspberry Pi is a great introduction into computer programming. The drones is a great introduction into SUAS. Uh, you know, a lot of great stuff that's kind of emerging and that you've worked with a lot. So, uh, you know, STEM kits provide that basis. And I think that uh, where the STEM kits kind of lack is after they they get the interest they don't really engage any further than that just because of the way that they are you know you can't fit in a box what a robotics team can do in six months right so um and i think that cap going forward should uh, partner with some other organizations that have established stem programs kind of like we did with cyber patriot right or kind of like we did with the uh experimental aircraft association and the young eagles so you know those relationships allow for kids who want to go further to kind of do that um, STEM kits are really great for, let's say, middle school teachers who are part of that CAP partnership program. Um, 12-year-olds or 13, 14-year-olds going to events who aren't really sure if they like engineering or not or if they're interested in it. Um, yeah, those kits really can be the spark. Uh, you know, what I think CAP should work on is the, the fuel to keep that fire going because it's really easy to just do a STEM kit and then kind of forget about it because they're really rudimentary. 
And uh, that's something I've been trying to uh, work on on CAC is kind of make those partnerships so that kids who want to be engineers have those next steps for them. Um, And I think that will be beneficial for the program as a whole. Definitely. So, well, that just covers it for aerospace. I know we talked about quite a bit, or at least, you know, different types of stuff. So, um, that should be it. All right. And lastly, to wrap everything up, once again, we want to give a quick shout out to our Discord partners. Once again, we have the unofficial National Civil Air Patrol Discord server. Um, like we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, their mission is to give the best resources, tools, and ideas to work through this virtual time and beyond in a professional, informal platform. They say, come check us out. And also, a big thanks to the, once again, unofficial um, CAP Pacific Coast Region Discord server. And you'll find invite links for both of those in the show notes, so be sure to check those out. Absolutely. So it'll all be down below. Uh, if you don't see them, then check the show notes on our blog, which is at the Civil Chair Patrol Podcast.wordpress.com. And with that, uh, this concludes our podcast. So swivel on. Swivel on. <laughs>